back here this week talking about, you know, the thing that's on everybody's mind across Major League Baseball and especially the Pirates organization. Nah, just kidding. Everybody else talking about the draft. I did that last week. To me, the focus this week has been and always will be FCL in full swing. Also, some promotions up to the Florida State League, to the Bradenton Marauders. In order to get the best coverage that I can of the team down there, I'm calling back an old friend here. We had him on before. Eric Garfield, you may know him as Eric Birdland. Don't hate him too much because he's an Orioles fan, and the Orioles are doing well this year. Eric, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, and happy Friday. I always enjoy our talks. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I, I think that I, when we get together, everybody gets to hear about uh, you know, 25, 30 minutes of the you know, usually hour-long conversation that we end up having because we go down rabbit holes and talk about the weather and talk about, you know, all these different players and everything. And it's like, oh, man, I probably should have hit the record button a little bit earlier. I'm glad glad you've already hit it right now, and this is going on the air. Yeah, absolutely, man. And for me, the biggest thing is, is that, you know, people up here... I think you have to be somewhat of a, a little bit of a diehard, you know, minor league fan uh, to to focus on, you know, especially like you know Dominican Summer League, the FCL. But I mean, those leagues, and especially the FCL, and and the transition to the Bradenton Marauders, is is so important, you know, for the the minor league players that we've either you know, drafted, international signings, you know, whatever it may be, it's very key to the development of those players. Wouldn't you say, Eric? Yeah, I I love it. It's strange that uh, I've come to appreciate that part of minor league baseball, but you're exactly right. It's really uh, about education and transitioning these young athletes from being amateurs to professionals. So... Uh, sometimes the score of the game, your particular ERA or statistics or uh, the team's winning percentage overall are a little less important than making sure uh, somebody, an international signee or a, an, uh, a U.S. amateur draft pick is developing at the right pace and the right way. And I have to say, from my perspective, the Pirates are really having an outstanding complex here they are meeting a lot a lot of objectives yeah and that's that's something that's really great to hear I know that you know since his he's you know become a part of the Pirates Ben Sherrington John Baker have made it a point to you know focus a lot on development uh, and just treating you know each of these people individually I know that you know the player-centric model gets gets made fun of you know at the major league level here, just because, you know, when the team's not doing well, it doesn't look very player centric when, when they're, when they're doing well, you know, that, that kind of goes away. But I mean, there are definitely things that, you know, players are doing in the FCL. I mean, that we've talked about on the side to kind of, you know, maybe come down and get themselves right. And there's a player, giant shortstop and we're not talking about Ono Cruz who started his year in Bradenton and you know I I told you I was kind of disappointed that he went down to the FCL but 
I mean, as always, you had you were very positive about the work that he's putting in down in the FCL. Absolutely. It's strange to think about it, but Javi Rivas is becoming a leader at a lower level than he wants to play. He's not sulking. He actually wasn't in the lineup today, but I heard him plenty in the dugout. He was smiling, and it was ex- extremely hot. Every Pirates player actually had reason to smile. You guys won 20-4, to four, but he started out in Bradenton, I guess, April and through very early May, and he was doing well. His, his numbers were good, but he went into a slump, and really the slump overwhelmed him, and it really changed his approach and changed what he was trying to do per at bat and per swing. He just wasn't swinging hard enough of the time. Now, at the complex level, his numbers are great, like you would expect. He's, he's going against worse pitching, but he is swinging hard every single swing. So the complex instructors and the program there has gotten him more prepared to succeed again and not slump when he returns to Bradenton, where he'll be joining Jordani De Los Santos, who was more or less the unanimous FCL most valuable player during the time that he was there. So good on the Pirates for having two really flashy and outstanding high-skill international shortstops next to each other at Bradenton very soon. Yeah, and, and that's going to be uh, kind of fighting for some playing time up there, but it's it's always a good problem to have, and guys that you know probably are you know competing but also friendly and also, you know, cheering each other on when that type of stuff happens. But, yeah, you're talking about your, Don, your Donnie De Los Santos, who, I mean, kind of, you know, it's not that people forget about the international signings, but when they don't see them for, you know, a year to maybe two years after, you know, they've been signed by the Pirates, uh, this this kid, I mean – he was an extended was putting on a clinic. So when the FCL started warming up, I mean, I was, my eyes were wide open to what he could do. Right. That kind of brings about like why I do what I do and how much fun I have. Like for the people that want to see your Donnie De Los Santos during extended spring training, I'm glad that I'm here to, to provide it, but he is awesome. And I, I get a front row seat as well. Uh, it's not like I'm greedy, but he is an outstanding baseball player. There's no skill that he doesn't have. There's no athletic trait that he doesn't possess enough of to play at the highest level. He has a great attitude. And really, my favorite thing about him, I watched a Bradenton comeback early in the season with him in, in the right field bleachers above the bullpen. We watched every step of a Marauders comeback win, and we were talking about all the moves you make, what count you steal in, what a pitcher can do to uh, limit a potential blow-up inning. The guy is so smart. His baseball IQ is through the roof. So he's one of these guys that's always thinking the game, even when he's in it. That's how the good one, you know, you go from being pretty good to being a lot closer to pretty great. So, Jordani, I'm just... So glad that him and uh, Lonnie White are finally up and Pirates fans that really have wanted to watch them for a long time can focus on them and see how good they are at baseball. Yeah, and especially for Lonnie White Jr. I mean, he, 
had some tough struggles with injuries, you know, ever since he's been drafted and really hasn't had a chance to, to get going. And, and also, I mean, for him, it was a transition of, you know, he was a multi-sport athlete in high school. And so it was like his first opportunity where he was going to get a chance to focus on, you know, just strictly baseball. And now, you know, I mean, we're kind of finally seeing the fruits of all of his hard work to, to, you know, get back on the field, to stay on the field and to, to get promoted to Bradenton, who unfortunately for us up here, <laughs> I think that they are not streaming their games this week. So I haven't had a chance uh, to watch that just yet. Uh, I think that uh, Anthony Murphy, Murph, great guy, also follow him. You know, he does a lot of stuff with the minor leagues as well. I uh, put that out there and I was, I was feeling the same thing. I was like, man, Murph, I, I definitely – you know, feel what you're feeling, but I, I can't, uh, kick it down to Florida just yet. So before we jumped on here, we were talking about, um, another pirates prospect. And when I say like flow on flew under the radar, like I'm not trying to say like that, Ooh, we, you know, kind of discovered this guy or, or anything like that, but he f- even flew under the radar for me last year. I'm, I remember him, like we were talking about, I remember him being drafted, I remember, you know, thinking, you know, this guy, like, he had a great personality, uh, had a good size, had a good swing, and but then, you know, didn't, you know, hear much from him about him, and all of a sudden, he pops back up in the FCL, now up in Bradenton. I uh, can you talk about our our I, I call him the corn fed boys because he just looks like he just could number one eat a house and then hit a house, man. <laughs> I think you mean Josiah Seidler, and when you say corn fed, that's cool. I'm gonna say a corner because like that that physical archetype just reminds me of like a first baseman. So and his his offensive profile kind of reminds me of, of a first baseman also. Lefty, very tall with a level swing. Uh, he doesn't. He's got long arms, so if he has to like extend for something a little low or a little out of the zone, he can still keep his middle intact so he can still drive it pull side. I want to say like 80% of his hits in the small sample size have been just in front of the right fielder because that's what he does. I imagine the Pirates would like him to lift it more and eventually drive it over the wall, but contact over strikeouts is is a very good start. And another indicator that they either trust or prioritize him is he bats fourth or fifth. So I haven't seen a great deal of him even watching your team in extended NFCL because he hasn't played uh, a a lot. So it's uh, probably another example, Craig, of how the complex instructors and that complex program is, is maximizing talent. He's one of the examples that we talked about in the very first couple minutes uh an amateur draft pick that needs a little bit of refinement a little bit of rehab a little bit of work in the weight room but is kind of closer to a finished product than people on the outside realize it's off to a great start yeah i mean like we talked about i mean he's he's got a bunch of home runs here already you know just in a week in bradenton and I mean, it's just exciting to see, you know, such development here down at the lower levels. I mean, obviously, as as Pirates fans, you know, we want to see it, you know, moving up and throughout the system. But 
I mean, when I, I, it, I, it always clicks in my head, you know, anytime I go to Pirate City, anytime I'm in Bradenton, it's that, it's that saying, it's like, it all starts in Bradenton and, and it really yeah. does, you know, for all of these players, even a player who, you know, maybe even gets drafted as, as a higher level draft pick and ends up, you know, skipping Bradenton and, and, and starting out and, and possibly Greensboro or something. I mean, they still put a little bit of work in in the complex before they make their way up there. It's not just like, okay, here's son, here's your, here's your grasshoppers uniform and get going. Like, no, they get acclimated to, you know, what it is and what they're going to be working with. Cause you know, they're going to be back down there for spring training and just to get acclimated to, you know, being a professional baseball player. And that's something you talked to me about, you know, before we hopped on here. Yeah, the transition is important for some organizations. You can tell by their nutrition program, the amount of trainers, how many therapists they have, how how actually important that transition really is, and how much resources they're putting into it. What I can see right now is it, it's not what you talked about being player centric. It's it's definitely not BS. The Pirates have a large traveling party of non-players, including scouts, every single game. So you can tell the effort is legit. If I, They have a great winning percentage and a great record. I have a feeling if the one-loss record was reversed, the players would be carrying themselves with confidence because they can feel that they're getting better. You know, I'm not a Pirates fan, but I can watch a lot, a lot of players are getting better. Esperlin Valdez... You know, that guy, I, I'm, I was a little surprised when camp broke and he didn't go to Bradenton. He was player of the week in the FCL last last week, and he's been hot for about three or four weeks. So I would say he's close to ready also. Yeah, and, and we're talking about, I, I know people are, are going to gonna want to hear about some pitchers and stuff, but I, I just basically also want to talk about that, you know, the Pirates, they, they took their translator who, you know, was working with a big league club for a few years and stuff and moved him down to a role in Pirate City to to assist in, you know, trans, helping kids transition. I mean, because that's it's a shocking, you know, thing for people i mean it was the big uh, story back you know when when i was growing up and i know that you're probably around my age as well was uh, francisco liriano i when he came over and you know he first time in in the states didn't even really know like kind of where to go eat or you know where he could go to to work at there was just all kinds of different things and thank god there's been so much you know things done by by different teams but i like i just think the pirates are really on the forefront of that and i think that they are they're bumping kids up you know and when i say kids i mean to me they are kids because you know my daughter's 16 so some of them are only actually plaza is is not that much older than she is but yeah they're they're starting to move you know they're they're starting to move players up a lot quicker. Like you would have seen some players be been in the Dominican, you know, uh, summer league for a couple years before, you know, they made it to the FCL. And it seems like there's certain times like after extended, you know, when, when teams go their separate ways and stuff that I saw a lot more, you know, players stick in the FCL than especially of those ages than I had in previous years. 
Yeah, the Pirates have a, a, an excellent sense of community. There's people, you know, I guess I'd call them like minor league veterans because I've seen them so much. People like uh, Jace Bowen and Trace Gonzalez who have already moved on to, I guess, the mid-minors. I know they're friends with guys in the complex, some like Latin American players. You know, they, they're, they're, they're boys, and it is about support. And I don't want to sound cheesy, I really don't, but that they're like that because they, they have a common goal, and that's pirate success. So, you know, I, I know we're, we're the same age, and for a lot of my, I guess, like young adult and adult life, you could not say that about the Pirates at all. And now their system is kind of thriving, and, you know, we're not going to focus on it, but you're about to add a great deal of talent in, 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 in just days. So it's a good system. It's an underrated system, but it's about to get, like, markedly better. There's an excellent chance you're going to get the best amateur player in the country. Yeah, and, and to not like to kind of piggyback on that just even a little bit is that, you know, I, I know that it, it's frustrating and, and believe me, I've been a Pirates fan my entire life. So I've I've experienced a, a great deal of frustration since nineteen eighty five on. So but I mean, to me when, when Ben Sherrington and, and and John Baker basically say that we need to build, you know, this organization from the ground up like that's like a that's a legitimate goal for them that's not just you know them just speaking hey we just you know build this from the ground up and we got to get players at every level and do whatever it's like no i've i've seen from you know the the time i was down there in in 2020 you know when when charrington just took over until you know this past spring when i was down there i mean you there's a noticeable difference uh, within the complex, within the complex league players, within the players in the backfields, as you want to call it, it it's definitely a cool thing to watch. And I mean, I, I know people will listen to this and be like, well, we're, you know, I think at the time of the recording, we're 40 and 47 and we started out 20 and eight. But to me, like building a, an actual, you know, major league organization. And if you're going to build it this way, I mean, it's going to take a few years. I mean, I, I always go back to the Tampa Bay Rays and how long it actually took them. Everybody just kind of thinks, oh, the Rays have been good forever. No, there was a solid, like, five or six years there where the Rays were just, like, awful awful, and bottom feeders. So, I mean, right. yeah, it's just definitely something. But, I mean, we definitely have to get moving on here to uh, to some of the pitchers. You got to see, you know, one of the Pirates, you know, pretty big draft picks from last year. Uh, pitch yep. on the mound today um, has, has looked fairly well for, from everything that I've seen. But like I said, man, boots on the ground. What, what are you seeing from Michael Kennedy there? Okay. Uh, well, I guess, first of all, uh, he gave up four earned runs today, and he really only gave up one. Uh, there was bases loaded, and there were two outs, and there was a fly ball. I actually don't have video of it because I stopped recording I, I assumed it would be caught, and just the Pirates outfielder, for whatever reason, did not catch it. They were not that close to it. So it wasn't an error because they didn't catch it or touch it, but it was a routine play that gets made more than 99 out of 100 times. So the ball landed, and because there were two outs, every runner was moving, so every runner scored, and it couldn't be an error. So he really only gave up one earned run today. I guess we can call that like bad batted ball luck, 
but it's really bad defense. So <laughs> it's the complex. That has nothing to do with him. I, I, I'm not going to be like an apologist, but I, I, I'm going to make a point that kind of makes it make sense. He has been like near flawless in, in the complex league. I think coming into today, his whip was like 0.7 and his ERA was 0.6. So it was another one of those performances today, except for the two walks that, that loaded the bases. So he has been absolutely awesome to this point. Uh, today was in, in 110 degree heat. Craig was the first time that he went four full innings when he walked off the field to go do his calisthenics uh, in the bullpen. He walked right by me. I was standing right there and I asked him, are you gassed? And he made a face. He couldn't even answer because he was, he, he was bright red, but he, he, he was awesome. He was pitch efficient. He had every pitch working. He has a slider that works. You know, his, his game plan is hitting the corners and attacking the corners. He's really like all the umps know him and know where his ball is going already. So he gets a lot of calls down here. I'm interested to see how, how that'll change when he's in the Florida State League. But this guy is what you were just talking about. You need for some international draft picks to pop, some not high-dollar ones, and some later-round draft picks to show that they're kind of ahead of their class. Michael Kennedy, as far as a draft pick from last year, from high school, he's ahead of a lot of guys that were drafted a lot ahead of him. And that's that's a great thing to hear. And and I, I I just from him and just reading about him and different stuff and just seems like just a (laughs) just a workhorse, really nice guy, really cool kid, I should say. And, you know, just really cheering for him. I are there any other, you know, players, you know, as as we're rounding it out here, is there any other players that have been sticking out to you? And, and, and before I get to that, though, that's why I want to tell people, you know, I, I will say this again, is, is please go fair, follow Eric, follow him. It's, you know, it's it's Eric Birdland on Twitter. It's Eric Garfield on Instagram. Tons, tons, tons of great, of great videos. Also, you know, the Florida Prospect Report with, with Bailey there and everything, because in the in the minors like people like somebody will just do like a quick like you know the scan of the stats and i think it was was mike piersack who used to write for the pg and, and me and him were at a game and uh mason martin hit like this this pop-up that probably you know like you said it's one of those things that should have been caught but it fell for some reason like right behind the third baseman but he was on his horse and he got a double and since he didn't touch it it wasn't anything it came up in the stat sheet as a double and he's just like man people are going to be like oh mason martin hit a double a triple and you know a single last night and it's like well yeah he might have gotten that that triple and that single but man that double was really really cheap I like to be there and to have videos so I can have the whole story and uh, prove it. But the story, the really the story of Kennedy is, I'm, I'm telling, he hits his spots. You know, he, I, I gotta think, I gotta think, he's one of those guys at the end of the season that's in the Marauders dugout, seeing what their particular routine is every day seeing what their lifting and nutrition schedule is. I don't know if he's going to contribute or be a part of their team, but next year his innings are coming at a level that's not rookie league. And I, I'm very, very, very excited. Think like 
Thomas Harrington with maybe, maybe, maybe a similar breaking package. Man, that that kind of gets me excited a little bit. Right, Thomas right. Harrington, I, I got a chance to see him when I was down there for spring training, and he was one that I I, I sat down for to, to wait and see. But um, is, is there any – That's your question, actually. Before you go on, you, you did ask me if there was another one. There's another pitcher that went today that is really a lot more exciting. You know, no, nobody talks about him at all. Antoine Kelly. That guy, you know, some people in the rookie league throw fast. He throws 98 every, every single fastball, and he's a big dude with a big trunk. Like, he can throw 98 in the heat for, like, three or four innings. <laughs> so he, he pitched today, and he had his fastball working, but the two strikeouts he got, one was on a changeup, like a true off-speed, and one was on a slider that an inexperienced hitter really shouldn't have swung at but he kind of reached, and the slider was out. It didn't come back, so that was strike three. So Antoine Kelly is a guy, you know, he pitched internationally for uh, for his country in the World Baseball Classic, so he's, he has pedigree, he has size, he has very high MPH. I wonder if when he transitions up to Bradenton, if they're just going to use him like one inning at a time, like maybe setup role and not like, mop up or things are getting out of control like he he would have a very specific like three outs in the eighth type of role i think he could thrive in that role dude that's that's good stuff to hear and i and i remember you know hearing and reading about antoine after the world baseball classic but like you said when when these guys go into go into extended it's not that, you know, we forget about them. It's just that, you know, up here, we just don't get to see them a lot. And that's why I follow you. That's why every you know, Pirates minor league fan should follow you. I mean, I, I get, I, I retweet your stuff and share your stuff as no, much honestly, as humanly possible, it, it, man. It's not like I appreciate it, but the way that my, I think about it, the way that it is, like baseball should focus on it a little bit more than just some, some dude running around with his iPhone, you know what I mean? There's, I know there's someone like me in Arizona, too. They do the best that they can, but, you know, these are good players. Some of these are, like, name players. Some of them are, like, players that Dynasty baseball people or baseball card fans are, are trying to track down and learn about. Like, if it wasn't up to me and it wasn't up to the dude in Arizona, like, there could be an actual, like, knowledge base of, of, of some of these guys. Your Donnie De Los Santos is a guy that everybody should really know every single thing about, not just like an MILB page. Yeah, I can't. That, I that can't was just. My rant, dude, that was my rant. Uh, it's okay, brother. And you know what? But I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you do what you do because it makes it makes it a lot more, you know, easier to find for me. It it makes stuff and and just great videos, great relationships with the guys, you know, just. Great experience, great stories, and, and dude, that's why I love having you on here. And right, and like I said, yeah, everybody, everybody, go follow golf, go follow Eric Birdland, Eric Garfield, go follow you know Florida Prospect Report, and 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 definitely start you know getting invested in some of these players. And dude, this was a great talk, and it, it always goes by way too quickly. I uh, we're we're thirty minutes a buck, so so I got to keep it. You know, short and sweet, but like I said, dude, th- these ones we do could go on for an hour, two hours, and, and I would have a freaking blast. 
I agree. I agree. It does seem like it's too fast, but the good thing about that is we can always like catch up and have more material for next time. Absolutely, brother. You have a good one, dude. All right, later. A pitcher of beer, a pitcher of beer. Let's order another pitcher of beer. That pitcher of beer should come over here. I love that pitcher of beer. It was great having Eric back on here again. And once again, if you don't already, go follow at Eric underscore Birdland on Twitter. Follow him at Eric Garfield on Instagram. And then also the Florida Prospect Report. Uh, hopefully they'll be getting a uh, another episode out to us here soon because that's just some great content as well. Uh, but if not, there's, there's tons of videos to watch, especially from the Florida Complex League, Bradenton Marauders Baseball, where it all starts in Bradenton. But everybody, you know what time it is. It's time for some beer reviews here. I went out and I got some Helltown Brewing. Oh, man, Helltown, just a, all cool cans. You really can't tell the difference of what beer. You actually have to look which one you're grabbing uh, down there on the name uh, from Export, Pennsylvania. The first one I have here is Salem, a New England IPA, 6% alcohol by volume. This one's coming in about a 425. Knock that down to 375 on the weighted based on batting average. The next one, Buffy. I couldn't help but think of Sarah Michelle Geller here. You know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the Hazy IPA coming in at 6.7. It's a little bit heavier, but still has that crisp, smooth taste to it of that Hazy IPA. This one, I'm giving this a 450, 400 on the weighted based on batting average. And the last one is a Lattice. Another New England IPA, but this one's one of the lighter ones. You've got the 4.8%. Can crush these ones all day long. That's coming in at 425. Knock that down to 375. And not from Helltown, but if you are in the area, go over to Helltown. Just a great brewery here. A nice local brewery. If you happen to be going to a Pirates game, you're going to Southern Tier Brewing. This is my wife's favorite beer. Um, and it is eight days a week. It's a blonde ale, and it's infinitely drinkable. To me, I don't know. Like I like it. It's good, but I'm not. I'm more into the IPAs. Everybody knows that. More into the hazies, different stuff like that. But th this is definitely a, a good blonde ale. I'd give it about a 375. Bring it down to a 325. Still a very good weighted based on batting average score you know for a beer but you know not definitely not one of my favorites but you know if you're out there by the pool all day like hopefully i will be today when you guys are listening to this definitely one infinitely drinkable can just have you know a decent amount of those sitting out by the pool um and we'll be back next week here i i know that they're going on a little bit of break uh, with the all-star break coming up here so may do a little bit on some of the promotions that have happened how well the players have done since they've been promoted and possibly some other players that could be up for promotions throughout the system very shortly 
And as we all know, let's go Indians, let's go Curve, let's go Hoppers, let's go Marauders, FCL Pirates, and DSL Pirates. Until next time.